evening, everyone. Thanks for joining the Fourth State Podcast. This is Marty Duran. I'm Bob Smetana. And we're happy that you are with us uh, as we try to help you and ourselves, maybe, think about the news. Yes, let's think about the news. So uh, we've decided that we want to try to divide our podcast into like uh, three segments each time. So uh, for those of you who don't know Bob, one of Bob's favorite phrases is wicked awesome. I think he stole it from somebody, actually. It's from my, it's my East Coast, so everything's wicked awesome. It's actually wicked something else awesome, but I can't say that <laughs> Which means you probably shouldn't be saying it at all. Oh, I don't Bob. say it. The people back in my hometown oh, the people back say in things hometown. like that. Okay, all right. So we're going to have the wicked awesome segment, which will just be uh, some odd and odd news story that we find. Uh, then we'll have a, a, se- a segment called The News You Need to Know, where we'll pick one or two stories Uh, from the week in between and uh, discuss those and try to get maybe more in-depth than what American media or whatever has covered. Uh, And then we will go back to Bob's favorite of all favorites, Religion in the News. That'll be our third segment each week. So we're going to start with... So that'll be like This Week in God. This this Week in God. Well, we're not going to call it that because God transcends the weeks. All right. Needs some work, this week in God talks good. This week good. in God talk. Okay. Uh, okay. So we're starting with the wicked awesome, and the wicked awesome is Frankenstein. It's actually Flakenstein. 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 All right. So what's uh, what's going on with Flakenstein? So uh, it's the 200th anniversary of the publication of Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. Okay. The famed novel turned into many movies, and the Sun, which is a UK tabloid. Uh, Hey, that's the sun. Not the the sun. The sun. The sun. A, a tabloid from the British tabloid uh, has this great headline: Flakenstein. Snowflake students claim Frankenstein's monster was misunderstood as, in fact, a victim. And it is. A, and isn't he, in fact, a victim? <laughs> and so they had this thing about the 200th anniversary and how fresh said you know the, the monster's a victim and we're doing, and this 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 news story is like how terrible it is. And it has become a social media machine <laughs> gone viral with most people pointing out that actually, if you read the book... If you bother to read the book. Frankenstein the, is the, actually the doctor's name. Yeah. And the monster is the victim. Because yeah. Frankenstein, uh, if you know anything about the book, you know, it's just, he's, he's going to make this great creation. He builds this... Monster, he comes to life. He's like, "You're ugly. I don't want anything to do with you." Mm-hmm. And basically abandons the creature, the newborn creature. It's wasn't, like, wasn't Gene Wilder in that movie? Martin that's Feldman? a. That's Young Frankenstein. Oh, young, my bad. Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. And uh, the monster then goes to live with the family who is blind, and and it makes a friend. And then when people see him, they so he is yeah. pretty much the victim. He comes back and says, "Doctor Frankenstein, make me someone like me." And Frankenstein's like, I will, and then he doesn't. And so then they wah, end up, wah, 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 wah. It's terrible. But really, I mean, and the Frankenstein monster kills some people. It's not like right. he's, he's not a heroic figure, but he's... Misunderstood. <laughs> misunderstood. And tragic. And he wants to be loved. I mean, the whole is story is... Is it true? Uh, I, I heard this, I think, on Paul Harvey, actually. Is it true that Frankenstein and Dracula, the books, were written... Uh, as part of a bet, I don't know that. Not oh, a, Mary Shelley a, might a, have had not a not a money bet, but like Mary Shelley and Bram Stoker and some others were at a party, and the the legend is 
so I'm, I'm saying it's a legend up front. The legend is that they were, they were at this party and they kind of decided to have a competition and everybody was going to write a story. And Mary Shelley came back, I guess, at the next party and had either written or started writing Frankenstein or with the idea of Frankenstein. Bram Stoker came back with the idea of Dracula. And at least in the telling of the story, both of, the, both of those monsters were created on the same night. In the minds of the respective authors. Yes. So, so I'm doing a little bit of background research, and it sounds like Lord Byron had a Lord Byron Shelley had a party, which they were telling ghost stories, and in the ghost stories, uh, they decided to tell write ghost stories, and Frankenstein was started then. But John Polidori's book, The Vampire, oh, okay. was written, which inspired. Okay, Mary gotcha. So okay. there is a. So Dracula and Frankenstein are born gotcha. on the same okay. night. That's, that's so that's pretty good. Interesting literary history. Um, and this so, is a great. This is actually a great. Um, why does Frankenstein have such staying power? I mean, Robert De Niro has been Frankenstein. Boris Karloff has been Frankenstein. Uh, Boromir is now Frankenstein in a new series on Netflix called uh, Frankenstein Chronicles. I think is yeah. the name of it. Uh, which I guess is a BBC production. Yes. Um, What's, the monster gone science gone mad it's, we all know about science, science gone, gone and mad and Costello met Frankenstein Frankenstein which is my favorite That's Frankenstein movie. movie I know I've been trying to get my kids to look at they won't watch it they oh won't my we're going to watch it we're going to watch it next week that that is, that's our plan that's one of Goldberg's favorite movies that's a, lo- it's a great it's a great movie, movie. <laughs> yes. I mean Boris the Wolfman Glenn Strange Lon Chaney Jr. Good it's great but yeah no I think it's the monster gone mad and the monster the movie is so great the movie version which is not really True to the novel, that kind of you know, with the lightning strikes, like four hundred pages, the lightning strikes and the throwing the switch and yeah. Igor and <sighs> this is great. Yeah, y'all are, y'all are really sad to miss the video on this particular episode. And you know, there there is a um, uh, I heard an episode about how climate change and um, migrants affected the writing of Frankenstein. That there had been a. a at the time it was written, there had been a... Uh, it was called The Year Without a Summer, I think. Where it just stayed cold all summer. And, and a lot of people had to... In England, and a lot of people had to move. I should find it. It's, um, I heard a podcast about it. So basically, there's a lot of migration at the time. And fear of differences was kind of in the air as well. well according to Wikipedia, it was in 1816. 1816, all right. A three-year so. period of severe climate deterioration caused by the eruption of Mount... Tambora. Which which Frankenstein would have been right before, written in Interesting. Two, 200 years ago. So that would have been in the air. And so people were running all over the place, moving. A lot of migration, a lot of fear of the other. Yeah. And he's the he's the other. Like, yeah, why true. don't you love me? All he wants to do is, he's like, it's I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? Well, dude, because you have bolts coming out of your neck. <laughs> and, uh... So I mean, that, is your, uh, that is your insight into the Wicked Awesome this week. And there will be a couple of links, um, Busty picked up the story, kind of mocking the sun. Yes. Uh, so that'll be in the, in the episode. It is good that if you're going to mock someone, you should make sure that the thing you're mocking for... Can't kill you. No, it's actually not true. Oh, yeah. Somebody mocked the victim. Oh, wait, he is. <laughs> okay, so uh, the next segment, the news you need to know. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, just a little over a week ago, actually. Actually, a week ago today. Uh, David French published a story in the National Review called Americans and Russians Fought a Battle in Syria, It's Time to Care. And in the story, which he, um, uh, he does well in linking 
to other, so he links to Reuters and the Washington mm-hmm. Post and New York Times, I think, and uh, Business Insider and some others. So he, he doesn't, I mean, it's not a, uh, it, it's not a fake news piece, but I think some of his analysis was a little early, even though mm-hmm. the event that he describes uh, actually happened three weeks before he wrote the article. So uh, here's, here's an excerpt from French's article in National Review. On the night of February 7th, pro-regime Syrian forces reportedly launched an assault on a known American base. American forces defended themselves with attack helicopters, jets, and AC-130 gunships. The attackers withdrew after taking significant casualties. The next week, on February 12th, Reuters reported that at least two Russians died in the fighting. Uh, then it continues on. Washington Post and New York Times had picked up the story and the number of rumored Russians, Russian dead swelled to large numbers or dozens. Uh, but we were assured, and this is French continuing, there was no direct confrontation between Americans and members of the Russian military. Uh, scroll down, there's some leaked audio recordings uh, that are unverified. Uh, French's ultimate conclusion is there's a possibility that hundreds of Russian fighters were killed and that uh, more Russians died in that battle than had died in the entire Cold War. Uh, and that we could potentially be on the cusp of a uh, ground war between American troops and Russian troops uh, in this eastern part of Syria in a town or an area called, uh, I can't find it. Called uh, Deir el-Zor. el-Zor. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, um, so that was on that was published on the 28th of February. Two days later, on March the second, an article was published in Spiegel Online, which is a German news uh, news outlet, news magazine. I guess is, is the actual right terminology. Uh, and they have an English version, which I highly recommend. Um, and so Spiegel published a story called "American Fury: The Truth About the Russian Deaths in Syria." And the subheading is, hundreds of Russian soldiers are alleged to have died in U.S. airstrikes at the beginning of February. Reporting by Dear Spiegel shows that events were likely very different. So Spiegel, which is a long-standing <coughs> German news magazine that publishes, I think they still publish a print copy, and then they publish mm-hmm. in uh, at least German and English, yes. and I think more. <coughs> And it's all complex analysis. So this is not hot take yeah. reporting. This is all that uh, they sent in, in the story. They sent several journalists. They interviewed militia members. They interviewed hospital workers. Uh, they interviewed uh, multiple people who were on the scene or immediately after the scene. And their conclusion is that uh, the Russians who were killed were basically collateral damage to uh, an assault on a brigade group that was trying to cross the Euphrates. Mm-hmm. Now, in Spiegel's, in, probably not Spiegel, in Spiegel's reporting, uh, the Euphrates had been agreed upon some time ago by Russia and America as kind of a boundary zone. So no attacking would take place across the Euphrates mm-hmm. River in this particular area, which means that uh, America wouldn't launch across the river, Russia wouldn't launch across the river. But I, I'm assuming that probably they would stand back if these militias decided to act on each other. Um, <clears throat> so what happened apparently was there were two attempts within just a few hours of each other to cross this bridge, or across this river, using military-type pontoon bridges. Um, and one of the incursions was fought back with, like, 
warning shots, near bombardment, that kind of thing. Uh, the second one, uh, both of these took place on February 7th. The second one uh, was met with a lot of artillery and a bunch of people were killed. Um, reading from the Spiegel piece now, it says that potentially 10 to 20 uh, Russians died mm -hmm. in the fighting. Uh, 80 Syrian soldiers with the 4th Division, around 100 Iraqis and Afghanis, and around 70 tribal fighters, that would be from Syria most likely, uh, mostly with the Al-Bakir militia. Uh, the numbers began to be inflated mm -hmm. over the next few days. The inflated numbers were picked up by Reuters and Bloomberg, and eventually those inflated numbers were what made it into David French's opinion piece uh, with um, National Review. Mm -hmm. um, there were eyewitnesses that saw the Russians loaded on the trucks. Uh, there, were, there was a, a news report on a radio station called Moscow Echo that identified them. There were between six and there were between half a dozen and a dozen altogether. Yeah. So not hundreds of Russian fighters killed by American fighters. There were maybe a dozen Russian fighters, maybe as many as 20, that were uh, collateral damage. The governments of both countries were in contact with each other. Nobody was looking for an escalation. Mm -hmm. The militia members were kept from coming across the river, which was the intent of the American forces there. Uh, and yet, in the retelling, in the publication shared on American social media, anyway, on Facebook, it was hundreds of Russians were killed yes. by American fighters, and we were, you know, at the worst, I guess, the worst state since the end of the Cold War with potential breakout. So how how does how do we prevent? I mean, French is a reputable guy. This yeah, is, I, this is not you know Mr. Conservative no. sketchy website or you know Gateway Pundit or some other thing you'd have to fact check for five hours over three words. I mean, he's a reputable guy. How, how does how does he pick up on the extrapolated numbers two days before Spiegel releases a very full from in country? Well, I think you know. I'm going to speak in, in uh, favor of David. Okay. His piece, even though I think his facts were wrong. He's an op-ed writer, so sure. he's not. And he tries to be kind of careful on, uh, you know, we don't know, but there's, I think his major point is, we have American troops and Russian troops in Syria shooting at each other, or sh near shooting each other. Right. Uh, and David is a, uh, besides being a um, writer, he's a lawyer, and he... Uh, and a veteran. And a veteran, yeah. yeah. He, went, he went to Iraq after 9-11, I believe. But he volunteered. He's sure. like, actually, he was a lawyer. But still, he was in the field getting shot at. So I think his point is... I mean, we have two things going on. One, the, the war in the middle, wars in the Middle East. Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan. We've been at it so long, we forget where our people are. Yeah. We forget this. And we don't have the kind of well, news resources. We have dozens of places, places, if not scores, scores of places. Like that. And we don't have... Uh, a lot of news media on the ground there. We used yeah. to have a lot more. We don't have reporters. No one's sending people for extended... It's not like World War II where you had people embedded for years right. on the war, war correspondence. So there's no American war correspondence on the ground in Syria. Right. And we... I think his his point in Saab-Ed piece is, hey, if, if Americans and Russians might be killing... Even if they might be killing each other, that's probably a bad thing. Yeah. We're all worried about North Korea, but... but well, I mean, shooting, yeah, 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 it's shooting... Yeah, absolutely. Getting drawn into a somebody else's shooting war, because we're already drawn into Syria, right. is a problem that we should be paying attention to. 
we probably should have more news reporting on. So I, I bet you he'd be happy with the Spiegel report. Of, but this is the thing, like we talked about earlier, facts are expensive. Opinions yeah. are free. Yeah, you gotta uh, go. And, yeah, that was last week on the. Yeah, you gotta go and spend time. So Spiegel was like, "Hey, let's go find out," because I think Dave raised a good question. Mm-hmm. The, the stories often happen like this. Hey, did two hundred Americans just die? And but the follow up, yeah. then for me yeah. is: Does he write a follow up piece and basically offer a at least, if not an outright correction, does he offer an? an yeah, he should. He probably should have am- amended it. I would yeah. think he should go and say, "Hey, good thing." Uh, it's a good thing that we're not um, <laughs> getting into a ground, getting into a ground war in Syria. But we should still probably play. It's extraordinarily dangerous. And his calls for like the current administration to be clearer. I mean, we we sort of got into these wars <laughs> under Bush, and we just sort of have getting in is a lot oh, easier yeah. than getting out. Well, like so we have Vietnam and, and Vietnam, and so we had this like. So, so, as this scene he tried to tell us in the Princess Bride. Yes. So 17? Is so it 17 years now almost then? Well, what if maybe 16 years? Well, 2001, we went into, into war in 2002, I think. 2002. Yeah. So, you know, we have that horse soldiers thing. Was that, that was the first movie. Yeah. Are those, were they in 2002 or were they on the ground in 2001? I didn't see it. I haven't seen it. So, so at least since 2002, we've had soldiers on the ground. We've been fighting war in Afghanistan, which is 16 years now. Forever. Forever. Um, so I want to do a little shout-out here to... A, uh, a really, really low-budget news site called the Euphrates Post, which is cited in the Spiegel, uh, Spiegel piece. And if, I'm, if I understand their history of it, it's run by a Turkish guy or a Syrian guy who, who immigrated to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have a, an English version. It is really poorly uh, rendered. Uh, so it's like, it, you, it reads like it's going through two different... Mm-hmm. Um, translations, translations before yeah. it lands, and it's it's um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's formatted as if it's in Arabic, oh. so it's right and oh. justified. Oh gosh, and all yes. of the sentence breaks take okay. you all the way back to the oh, gosh. Yes. but you don't have to read right to left. It's just a little it's just a little funky to get used to. Awesome, uh, but that's a I've often advocated for getting. Uh, Secondary reporting as close to the scene as you can because a lot of times you just get information that other people don't have. Uh, so if you're interested in those kinds of news stories, the Euphrates Post, EuphratesPost.com, uh, and this story will be linked in the episode notes. So they want so, to keep yeah. an eyeball on. So I think this is good, like a good comparison between the the Frankenstein hot take about. Which, I mean, these are different kinds sure. of stories, but you know the way that the viral news works. This is the whole problem. So, so there's. Let me just digress for one minute. Digress away, Bob. There, there was a piece. Uh, oh, I wrote a piece years ago. I was asked to write about what happens if uh, religion writers were on the uh, uh, No, if we were on the presidential beat, what would we ask people? And we would be asking, you know, when they say talk about faith, we'd be asking them detailed questions about it. Right. But we'd also be, I think. Maybe we would be, or if I was a religious reporter on the presidential trail, I'd be asking like, "Are the facts that we're sharing in our story always true that we've picked up along the way?" Because what happens is you hear a story and you pick up a fact, and then it becomes it becomes rewritten into the next story, you, and you pick it up from your archives. No one goes back and says. So they, they, there's a great um, Columbia Journalism Review did a great piece called "The Toxic Tsunami," basically. 
once it gets on the internet, it's wrong. It stays wrong forever, and we just assume that it's right, and nobody goes back and checks. Uh, is that really right? Yeah. So when I when I'm working on a story, I'm often going. I've heard this rumor, or maybe I didn't see a story about it. Is is it right? Yeah. Did the first person get it right, and then can I do more? Some ways out of doing in depth do reporting. More do more <laughs> actual reporting. Oh, okay. You know, for for years. And then, you know, the famous example is the um, on a small scale is the Southern Baptist uh, website. So the Southern Baptist SBC years ago. Uh, these military chaplains were trying to log on. They can't get on. Oh, that wasn't that many years ago. <laughs> it was just a, a few, couple of years ago. They can't get on. And it is true. Facts, somebody reported, they can't get on. Right. What they assumed was... There was some nefarious, nefarious thing. Yeah. And ran and said, what do you think about the fact that these get on? They a, a better way to report that story is to say, they can't get on. That's true. Right. What does that mean? Then you call the Pentagon. Hey, they can't get on your site. Yeah. What does that mean? And it might take them a couple of days to figure out. So, and you can't have a hot take in a couple of days, Bob. You've got to have the hot, you have you, a hot take in a couple of minutes. You can't have hot take about facts that are wrong, though. So they want to get it. Because it's still a great story, right? What's going on? Okay. Hostile content. And then you know what happens? There was malware on the yeah. SPC site. Yeah, no. You know, you can call SPC. Why oh, can't it get oh, your oh. site? Maybe you should look into it. Hey, uh, that brings up another point. And, and this is a semantics thing. But you can help clarify this. Facts that are not true. Uh-huh. Okay. You've said that a couple of times. I think the average person, when they think of somebody stating a fact, that they're, that it automatically means that it's true. Journalists seem to use the word fact as a synonym for piece of information. Yes. Yes. So then it doesn't mean it doesn't have a moral or a value equivalent attached no because I don't know what it means facts are in a vacuum don't mean anything is if that, I were to punch that, you right is now that, is that Webster, is Webster's dictionary definition of a fact uh, a piece of information I don't know no a what thing is, that is indisputably the case well then we are not using facts right uh a data a, a piece of information used as evidence or as part of a report or a news article. Yes, so it's a piece of information. The truth That's what we, about events, as opposed to interpretation of events. So we're using it differently. But but a fact is a data point, right? Here's a fact that we know. Like if I so let me just see that. I think that's confusing though, because get your facts together. Yes, seems to indicate you're looking for the truth that you're going to use to build your story, not simply a bunch of data points. Why, why don't journalists or reporters just say, I have a story to write, so I'm going to get all my data points together. Or I'm going to facts. We, say, so we call them our facts. We call them the facts. But that doesn't seem to square with the actual definition of a fact. No wonder you can Sure it does. There are people, Webster no says, what does it say? No, what is it? We all know this. We all who? Okay. There's a... Cu- I'm sorry. I apologize, folks. The president is calling for Bob. There's a car accident, right? We all know this is the this happens all the time. Car accident. One car collides with the other. That is a is fact. That, is that a fact? That is a fact. That an event that occurred. We know that there was then, at this point. Why does these the word two factual not simply indicate another piece of information? If something is factual, people interpret that as it's being accurate or it's being true. Because is is the story factual? Well in the way you're using the word, it simply means that it's full of facts. 
It's full of information. Oh, is it correct? It's true. It's got 4,000 words in it. No, you can have a fact. So these two cars collide. Who's at fault? Who get who first? The, the people in the car are going to agree. Agree. Yes, but that's information. Agree. That is information. You that are is trying the... to find the fact. You are trying to find the truth of what happened. It seems yes. to me that you have taken the word fact. You and your ilk have taken the word fact. This is the way pe- no, people use this. People. We death. have not. We have no, no, no. Bleeding on the side of the road, and the rest of America is trying to figure I... out what the facts are so that we know what the truth is. And you guys are just using fact as a synonym. No, we know. I'm, I'm just going to. B-Y-T-E. I am not agreeing with you at any point of this, right? Okay? It's your right to be wrong. So there are. Okay. There's a difference between now a fact. Now he's going to journalismdictionary.com to find something no. that agrees with Okay, let's, let's do this. There's a difference between a fact and what that fact means. Okay. Say I were to punch you in the face right now. I that punched you in the face. That would be a fact. I punched you in the face. The fact is you did not punch me in the face. <laughs> you know, podcast hosts <laughs> come to blows. <laughs> I assaulted you. Did I assault? Maybe I... Maybe it turns out that you were... I punched you in the stomach. I punched you in the stomach. Okay. okay. I punched punch you in the stomach. In the stomach. Do you know? That could be we got mad and had fisticuffs. My fist collided with your stomach. Okay. It could be that I'm doing the Heimlich on you. My fist will collide with your stomach. <laughs> and I'm saving your life. Which is both are, the fact is these two things collided. The circumstances that are. I want to see any example from a medical textbook where punching someone in the stomach. A.K.A. the Heimlich Maneuver. Sure, you punch it. You got boom. That's what you do. I used to teach first aid. <laughs> this might surprise you. First aid in CPR. Usually, that is a huge surprise. <laughs> I was good at it. I was, I was, that was very good. I did that oh, when man. I... Okay, so... so anyway, so, so fact... For those of you who are listening, just be aware that when journalists or uh, sometimes broadcasters use the word fact... They're not always talking about the truth or the most accurate interpretation of an event. Uh, many people who talk about fact gathering uh, or getting their facts together, they're really using it as a synonym for pieces of information uh, yes. or research that they've yes, done yes. that go toward a story that will have some amount of interpretation involved, but will be built on what they hope are the true facts. That help them come to a help them present something as it actually happens. Yes, and if they're interpreting parts of it, that those interpretations are consistent with reality. Yes. So, so if you look at the last two last thing, last two presidential elections. Yes. Two different people were elected. Yes. That's you fine. could report those on. It were they victories, for one kind of side? Were they great or terrible? You know, that's the narrative we tell. Okay. But the facts, what's more, what we more disagree about is that what those facts mean. So when we say it's fake news, well, for, what you're saying today, is... I'm merely saying that the word fact <clears throat> is used in a different way than it is sometimes understood. 
And so when the average news consumer hears, I think, I think this is accurate. Obviously, this is anecdotal, and it's just my own experience. But I think when the average news consumer hears the word fact, they're thinking of something that is true and accurate. They're not thinking of a data point or a piece of information mm -hmm. that is then gathered. Yes. Well, because the basic definition of fact isn't just a piece of information. It has to do with accuracy and truthfulness. So when you go to court and you present your facts, your your point is to tell the truth or reveal the truth as to what, what mm -hmm. are the facts of the case. Yes. You want to know what's accurate and true about yeah, But in court, case. you're still telling a story. You're telling a story of what happened. Well, you're supposed to be telling a true story of what happened. Yes, but both the two but, sides tell different stories. But the witness A and witness B aren't both giving facts. Witness A and witness B are giving their yes. eyewitness views. They're telling what they saw, but it's understood to be... By, by virtue of them being there, it's understood that they're they're interpreting what they yes, saw. Yes, yes. It's the responsibility of the jury to find what the facts and the truth and the truth, happened. the truth. But the facts. Now, no, I'm, I would I'm not, I'm not continuing to argue. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just bringing you. up the point. Yes, that the way that fact and fact gathering and whatnot is used in media isn't always the way that it's understood. That could be true. I will, media I, will, I will grant you that that is true. I will also grant you that when we talk about fake news, when we talk about okay. facts, sure. your own facts, what we're really, we're missing the point. What we're really arguing about so, is what do those So was Moynihan wrong when he said you're not entitled to your own set of facts? Because the way that you guys use facts, you really are entitled to your own set so, of facts. Because you're gathering them all. Oh, because there are facts that are that are so, objectively true. Okay, so we okay. dropped we dropped atomic bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, yes. So what did that mean? That's, that a, whole, a, that's a whole different. That's interpretation. That's, I, I don't the fact. So if a person says, why did we drop them? Because the people say that's a fact. We did that to do this. Well, absent specific information from the people that were involved. Yes. So Curtis LeMay and the president. Yes. And, the, the the generals and the joint chiefs if they even existed under that term at that point. Absent any specific information, we dropped the atomic bomb on Hiroshima because if we had not done that, we believe an invasion of the mainland yes. at the great cost of American lives would have been necessary. Yes. Okay. I think that statement, which is about as simple as it could possibly be, is a mixture of fact and opinion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An analysis. Yes, that, yeah. yeah, that's that's a better word. Analysis. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that that long excursion. I hope. Yes. Uh, I do. I think it's helpful because we don't agree on what words mean. We don't always yeah. agree. Uh, we don't a lot often agree on what the facts are or what those facts mean. Yes, and I think back to your point, and you you tried to raise the word the phrase fake news again <clears throat> because. It, a story that you disagree with isn't fake news. Yes. A story that has a different set of facts than another outlet has isn't necessarily fake news. David David French's piece in the National Review on Syria isn't fake news yeah. simply because several hundred Russian soldiers may not have died in that event. That doesn't make his story fake news. Yeah. It makes his it makes his conclusions and possibly some of his content yeah. open to question. Yes, yeah. And if it's What's corrected this? then by Spiegel, yeah. then 
French has the opportunity to come back and do an edit or come back yeah, and do a say, you say, know, correction. So here's what or, we know. You know, a follow-up piece or something the, like yeah. that. That doesn't make any of it fake news. Fake news would be him creating something out of thin air uh, just to get clicks. You know, uh, we dropped an atomic bomb in Syria and thousands of Russian soldiers died. Well, I mean, that's fake news. Yes. The misinterpretation or erroneous interpretation or early interpretation of a set of facts yes. isn't fake news. Yes. But it's we uh, we otherwise if we didn't disagree about this we'd have nothing to talk about. This would be a short podcast. Okay. So All let's right. talk about religion and God. This is this week in God. This week in God, and I think you're really stretching it just by saying God was involved in this anyway. This is the Mooney Gun Church. Yes. So what's going on with this? So this last week. This is right on the heels almost of the parking yeah, shooting. Right at the parking shooting. Like, okay, right at the parking shooting. The barrels was, are not yes, even cold. Yeah, there's a news story out of um, the Philadelphia, Philadelphia area yeah. that a church was holding a blessing of the AR 15s. That's the gun that was used at. I'm going to tell you the pictures from this thing are bizarre. Oh, they're awesome. They are so, bizarre. What's great? So, anyway. So, and the school next by, was, the school was like, oh my gosh, church is doing this, we're canceling our classes. So, because it happened right at Parkland, because it happened, the church having guns, it, this thing went viral. Yeah. So, there was some, some really great, interesting debate over what kind of religious organization this is. Yeah. And it turns out... Is it the Moody's? It's the Moody. Well, it is a son of, it's Sean Moon, who's the son of Reverend Moon. It, they are a sect... Which is a break off of that because Moon's children have disagreed about who really? has his mantle. So the Unification Church isn't unified. It's not unified anymore. It's wow. a disunified church. That's fake news. And uh, and Reverend Sean Moon's brother Justin owns a gun manufacturing plant right down the street. Car arms. Car arms. And so they and they have they have a militia. They train their people to shoot these guns. They train their kids how to stab people. Oh my! There's a there's a great video about it because the rods of iron. Goodness. And so the and, rods of iron is a reference to a, a verse in the book of but, Revelation, but really, which they say these rifles are. And so, and you know, it was gr- great. Now I'm I'm kind of mad about the story. Two two reasons. One, we had a great discussion over. Mad is it upset or mad as in crazy? Um, uh, mad as upset or fired up about. Fired, uh, fired up. up about this. Fired up. About so it's two things. One thing. I want to go back to this, this church. I want to go back. Because there's this, these, these old Have ladies. You been here before? No, I want to go to this oh, church. Go to this church, okay. And they are these older women who are cradling their rifles like they yeah. are their children. I want to know how did you end up there? And they had mass weddings there. Like this is that's, the sort of problem. That's the unification church. Just unification tradition, church tradition, right? And they had. So I notice all of the men are dressed in dark suits with red ties, yes. and all of the women are dressed in white. White a bunch and of people wearing crowns. Crowns. Like, oh yeah, they have crowns, and uh, oh, the whole thing is fantastic. Oh, here's one gal who has a, a flu mask on. Yeah. So the whole thing is just. I mean, it is. I think it was hard. If the group called so, so a couple of things. If a group called itself the Sanctuary Church. Yeah. And they said they're having a gun blessing. Yeah. What do you do in a headline? Do you call it a church? And is this group a sect? Yeah. Is it a cult? Is it a cult of personality? Is it a sect and a cult? So we had a long discussion. Is it a denomination? It's a denomination. Yeah. So. It, well, I do agree that as, as much as it pains me, and I think I even tweeted my disagreement to it with a headline. If the organization calls itself a church and you're reporting on it, 
then it really is it's fair to use the name mm-hmm. they use. Yes. I think. So if the name of it is what is Sanctuary Church? Sanctuary Church. Then uh, it's hard to not call them church in your reporting because yeah. that as much as it pains me to death, that's what they call themselves. Same thing with Westboro, and I totally yeah. disagree. Uh, I, it frustrates me that the media, after all of these years knowing exactly what they are, still call them Westboro Baptist Church. Yes. When they're not Baptist, they're not a church, they're, they're as cultish as they can yes, be. Yes. And yet there's still the unwillingness of the media, other than maybe in a story, to refer to the fact that many people think they're a cult or something yeah. like that. The headline's always going to say Westboro Baptist yes, Church. Now, the, the AP eventually called them the World Peace and Unification, Unification Sanctuary. They had two names. Okay. World, which I think World Peace Church, to hold gun, would have worked. World, World Peace Church. World Peace Sanctuary to hold gun blessing. Um, so they, they kind of hybrid the name again. Hybrid the name, yes, church out of it. But I, I do think, like, this is the kind of story where where the AP went and, and the pictures were worth, this was newsworthy, right? Yeah. School, we're all talking about guns. School gets canceled. They're having this religious blessing. But if you could go back and sit down with these folks, yeah. like, how did you end up in this church? Yeah. How did you get here? Why are you? Why do you think this is? Why does this matter to you? Yeah, would be better. And maybe some come back and do this. But this is the. I think it's funny was, that that they uh, they have all this thing and they. Uh, all the guns had to be unloaded. They couldn't bring magazines <laughs> in, and I think they zip tied the triggers. Zip tied the triggers, yes. If I'm not mistaken. So, so this it's is like, a, well, you know, if you if it's not dangerous, then why in the world? I mean, it's like it's like an open acknowledgement that somebody in here is going to go nuts That's, and accidentally shoot somebody else, or something will drop. And oh, I mean, they're gun, if you're a gun manufacturer, I'm sure you don't keep the magazines loaded, magazines and the. Well, they sold apparently. Uh, and you can buy yours there. You can buy yours yeah, there. Apparently, they sold some the week before. Uh, maybe they cut them a deal. You know, give them the uh, Sean Moon yes. Sanctuary discount. So, so here's good. Now we'll go back to our fact thing. Okay. Is the is calling this a church a fa- factual or not? Um, I think for the purpose of naming them in a story, yes, it's factual. Okay. If you were doing an analysis of them, yeah. then I think it would be factual to call them a sect or a cult. Yes. Uh, with a reference to the fact that they call themselves a church. Yes. Now, obviously, if you're an AP writer and you're a Christianity Today writer, you may yeah. be taking, or a Gospel Coalition writer, you may be taking two entirely different approaches. Yeah. One being a secular uh, audience who's interested in the blessing of the guns. Yes. The other one being a theological exposition on the meaning of ecclesiology and whether yes. AR-15s have you know, a place on the Lord's table. Yes. Um, so one could factually say this is sanctuary church. The other one could factually say from a theological perspective that this is not a church. This is a sect called yes, church yes. you want to use. That's, I mean, it's a good point. That's why I yeah. kind of backed off at least. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. Yeah. But it's like, this is the problem of reporting. You're like, there's a correct word. Yeah. The correct word is the word that they use to describe themselves. That correct word carries all those means, which will give you an incorrect. Would it be correct? Okay, so the, the article that I think you and I are both looking at is in the Philly Inquirer, the yeah. Daily News or whatever. Um, it's a local paper, local yeah. source. It's the March 1st. Piece. Yeah, the Philly Inquirer piece. Did it. So would it be, uh, the headline is, Guns and Religion Mixes Pennsylvania Church 
Wes's couples toting AR-15s. That's the headline. Yeah. Would it be factual if he had said, if the writer had said in the story, uh, this is Jason Nark, uh, that uh, the church is is considered by some to be a sect or a cult. Yeah, I think he says that. Describe, they describe the Unification Church later on as being a cult. Uh, often described by a cult yeah. at, uh, by its detractors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and the word cult is a is a loaded term because it's it can mean odd religion. It can mean religion that's not mainstream. It can mean religion that is, is not controlling. Yeah. Uh, but they are actually a sect because they're a breakaway from a larger group. Okay. They're a sect. That's technically a cult. They could be cult. <laughs> because the Unification Church, it's hard to get away from the fact that they were a cult of personality. Yes. And yes. they were cultic theologically because they believed them to be the second coming yeah. of Christ. And they had the kind of uh, <laughs> high control. Yeah. They use the word high control sometimes as scrubber. Like there's a whole long debate uh, over what the word cult means because it was it's used so pejoratively yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to mean I don't like your religion in popular usage it can be used to someone who's, whose theology is not in mainstream but it can also be used to uh, an authoritarian group yeah you know so so here's a funny thing or ironic thing not funny alright so the people's temple in Jonestown yes was he was ordained by the Disciples of Christ mm-hmm. in mainline Protestant domination. Jim Jones. Jim Jones was yeah. in good ministerial standing. That church, the, the People's Temple, was a church. Up it was until, up until they all died. Up until it became a cult. Coming out. But it was also a cult. It was both things. So it's these things are... That's weird. It's messy. The world is a messy place. The world is a messy place. Well, thanks this is why it's for, so awesome. For joining us, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Marty Duren, M-A-R-T-Y-D-U-R-E-N, or at Bob Smetana. How do you spell your last name? S-M-I-E-T-A-N-A. Uh, or you can follow the podcast at T4E Podcast. All that's on Twitter. Uh, and tell all your friends about how awesome it is. Tell all your friends how awesome Bob is and that we had a good fight this week. Uh, We are going to have Vanessa Otero back on to talk more about her media bias chart since we ran out of time last time. Um, And we will be off for two weeks uh, due to some travel that's involved. So we'll see you again um, the, I guess, the first week of April or last Mm -hmm. week of, maybe the very last week of March we'll have a have a podcast drop but always thanks for listening and if you get a chance please uh, zip on over to iTunes and give us a, uh, a good rating and a review so that it'll help with search results and things like that and uh, until the next time this is Marty Duran this is Bob Smetana and this is the Fourth State Podcast helping you think about the news